As we prepare to dive into God's Word together, we'll be in 1 Samuel chapter 4 this morning. And as you turn there, I want to ask you to join me in praying that the Lord will do His work in us through this amazing uh, passage of Scripture. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the privilege of having your word, of being able to open up the scripture in our own language, a language that we're familiar with. Uh, We're spoiled with not just having your word in our language, but we have it in all kinds of different translations and wordings, and we can compare them and study them. And uh, Father, we, uh, we want to take advantage of that today and learn from it, and we pray that you would give us what we need, what we're supposed to get from this chapter in your book. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we deal with a sombering text that reminds us of the truth that is not a New Testament truth, although it is a New Testament truth, it's not just a New Testament truth, that on that day when people are divided between the uncondemned and the condemned, between the people that make it into heaven, so to speak, and those who don't, there will be three kinds of people. Two of them, there's no really any surprise at all, and one of them is really, really surprised that day. One group is not surprised because they don't follow God, they never followed God, they never claimed to follow God, they rejected God, they didn't care. They still won't care on that day. They'll hate God for it, they'll hate God for the condemnation, But they'll say, see, that's why we never followed you. You're terrible. We hate you. And they'll always hate him. But they're not surprised on that day to find out that they're part of the condemned group. And then you have the group of followers, believers. Uh, they've, They've heard the shepherd's voice. They followed the shepherd's voice. They know they're not perfect, but they know they're forgiven in Jesus Christ. And so they're not going, ooh, I hope I'm in. They, They know they're in, not because of their own virtue, but because they've been clinging to Christ by faith the entire time, see? So they're, they're not surprised because they understand what Christ has accomplished for them. So that makes sense. You've got two groups so far. Neither of them are surprised. That middle group is part of the condemned group, but they're surprised they're condemned. And we see this throughout Scripture, like when Jesus taught his disciples, not everyone, will say, uh, not everyone on that day who says, Lord, Lord, are mine. I don't know them. But they have excuses, right? But Lord, we, we served you, we prophesied, we did miracles, we cast out demons. It's kind of weird if you think about how powerful their ministries were. Uh, but they're, they're not in. Now, which one of those is the scariest category to you? I say that middle one. That's the trick. And it could be frustrating. It's, it's kind of like, and this is, nowhere near as weighty, right? But it's kind of like if you've ever interviewed for a job and they whittle it down to three candidates, you're one of them. You know there's two other candidates. You don't know who they are. You don't really know where their resumes are. Or maybe you you have heard through the grapevine, you kind of know their resumes and their background and you're feeling pretty good about yours. They don't have your experience. They don't quite have your education. And so you're feeling pretty good. And when you go to that final interview, you have a sense You've researched the company, you have a sense what they're looking for, but you don't know exactly what they're looking for. And then when you find out that they went with one of the other candidates, 
you're left wondering, what did I say? Right? What did I say? Was there something I said? Did I wear the wrong thing to the interview? I cracked that joke. Was it just not funny? Did it offend the person? It doesn't make sense to you because your resume stacked and they went with someone else. On that day, that's how people are going to feel. I was at church. I did the churchy things. I was in ministry. I went to seminary. I was a pastor. I led a small group. I made sure at Christmas time we knew it wasn't about the gifts. My theology was correct. Why am I getting ushered into this line over here with the condemned people? Now, thankfully, we don't serve a God who leaves you in the dark as to what he's looking for. He's not interviewing you and you're sitting there guessing, I I hope I say the right thing. Scripture is replete, full of helping us understand how to not be in that middle category. We know how to not be in that abject, reject God category, but that tricky category of being real churchy, real Christian-y, but still not in, that's Old Testament stuff. And we find that right here in 1 Samuel chapter 4. In this chapter, we see ourselves in the Israelites. The Israelites are not people who outright outright reject God. That's the Philistines, right? Those are the bad guys. Those people don't, they don't serve the Lord. But they're supposed to be the people